Valentine's Happy Day. Valentine's Day. Lovely to be with you. I can't think of anyone else so I'd rather be with on Valentine's Day. Never. And happy birthday, Sally. Thank you very much. It's very exciting to be sharing my birthday with you as well. We have we have an open fire. Can I just take the microphone over? You might be able to hear. I'm going to roll in gear abandon on the rug in front of the fire later on. Yeah, we're going to let you leave you alone to do that. <laughs> How are you, Sally? Have you had a good Have you had a good half a month since we last spoke? Yeah, it's been lovely. Podcast? Yeah, lots of. Uh, been cold though. Did you get the snow where you were? Yes, I did. I had to put on my hiking boots. Wow, we didn't get so much snow in, in London, but it was there was definitely a flurry. Flurry. Icing sugar dusting of snow, which was lovely and actually quite romantic. I think snow is lovely in terms of. What would be your ideal romantic setting? My ideal romantic setting? Um, some kind of chocolate castle. See, I don't, I don't think romance has to be with someone else. Chocolate castle... I shouldn't have let that one pass. <laughs> That's kind of bizarre. What's wrong with the chocolate? I like chocolate. I like castles. A I'm into castle. my natural would it, heritage. Would it be a, a big one that you could go and walk in? A bit like... Oh, the chocolate castle. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> or, yes, it would be. Or would be. it be a small one? That... I would have some kind of fudgy chaise longe. That I might kind of... It just sounds a bit messy. <laughs> well, that's the kind of bloke I am. And we aren't alone for no, Valentine's we're not. Day. We have got um, two wonderful people with us. We have got uh, Reg, who has joined us again. Hello, Hello Reg. Reg. What's up, DC? Lovely to see you. Keeping it real. And we have got the wonderful Sophia. Woohoo! Sophia is new, and she's going to be maybe dropping in and out as one of our semi-regular um, hosts. So, Sophia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do in life? Hello, I am a student studying music management. Um, I am in my 20s, obviously part of DC, and I'm a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. It sounds like an AA meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a lesbian. I'm not. No, you're not a lesbian. No, you've never been a lesbian, have you? Um, no, I've never been a lesbian. No, Maybe I should right. try it one day. Oh, you should, it's fun. <laughs> oh, I will. Moving on, so uh, we thought we'd have a special Valentine's theme tonight because you're joining us for our big DC Valentine's yes. night in. And it wouldn't be a Valentine's Christian event without a bring and share dinner. No, exactly. So um, I've asked our special guests to bring us in some foods which resemble love. For them. So for them. Reg. So Reg, what have you got us? I've brought with me a punnet of blueberries. So a punnet of blueberries? Go. Why have you brought a punnet of yeah, blueberries? Like, Moving them, yep. Blueberries, so I'm, I'm on leave next week, so I'm kind of transitioning into my holiday at the moment. And uh, blueberries symbolise, for me, the start of holidays, because they're a healthy, healthy treat. Uh, Superfood, didn't you know? Superfood, cow so I'm loving happy. myself and looking after myself. Um, they're a little bit extravagant, they're quite expensive, because these aren't just any blueberries, these are M&S blueberries. Oh, oh, yeah. Get her. Uh, so I'll pass, I'll pass those around. Get stuck in. Nice, nice. Oh, Let's, I love um, blueberries. And what, what have you got, Sophia? What have you brought us today? Popcorn. I think popcorn's definitely the, the, the most romantic food anyway. Okay, so. um, have you, can you back that up with some kind of proof? Yeah, it tastes really nice. But <laughs> <laughs> Good enough for me with my chocolate would your, Would your ideal date be and go to the cinema? Would that be your romantic? Oh no, I hate dates at the cinema. <laughs> would you have a popcorn <laughs> castle? Um... Well, that sounds a bit messy as well. <laughs> maybe a popcorn Sorry, swimming James. pool. That popcorn seems swimming weird. pool, there we go, with melted butter in it. Well, 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 this is sweet and salt, and I think that can represent love as well. You know, you've got all the nice bits, and then you've got the not-so-nice bits as well. Yeah. I think it's all of, love is all about contrast a lot of the time, isn't mm. it? It's, it's, there is something, whatever type of love we're talking about, there has to be both... Uh, things that work together and things that contrast each other. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit more interesting. And it's only 101 calories per serving. So. Yeah. 
healthy. Healthy. Um, and Sally, we, we are in your house. We are. Um, and you, as part of your offering, you cooked us food. I know, yes. So we have bacons and sausages. And yeah, exactly. Not, I, I wouldn't say they represent love for me. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's definitely comforting. And love is comforting. Love is comforting. Yeah. In fact, they, um, they talk about the, the comforting passages of the Bible that, that are supposed to be um, about love and how much God loves us. So yeah, that comfort food. Nice. And I'm a firm believer that love and friendship and romance and all that kind of thing is more important about who you're with than what you're doing. And tonight you're with us, which is wonderful. What more could I want? So I I have... Ooh, Reg! Um, (laughs) I have raided the we're soon going off aisle from Tesco. Um, And so I have brought us some... Reduced Belgian chocolate eclairs, wow, now so half spoiled. price because they're getting mouldy. Oh, uh, I've you. got a 10 calorie blackcurrant Hartley's jelly. Woo-hoo. There we go, that's reduced <laughs> to 5p. And um, two cartons of orange juice from a pack that originally had four in, but the wow. other two were stolen. <laughs> so there we go, tuck in, guys. Wow. Don't say I don't treat you. You are spoiling us. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're not ever going to try and seduce a woman, James. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? She'd love a chocolate eclair. Absolutely, and a, and a Hartley's 10 calories jelly, ten calories and jelly. two out of a four pack of... You know, that, that's romantic, isn't yeah. it, because we have one each. Oh, that is, that is we can put straws in each other's and then kind of link them round. And... <laughs> right, Reg. I don't think jelly's meant to I be liquid. I don't think you're seducing Reg with this either. Okay. Like, I think... Well then, so what do you think then about Valentine's Day? Okay, what does Valentine's Day mean What does it you? mean to you? If Reg. you don't think it means 10 calorie je- jelly, I think it's it a lot mean? of pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure to do have the perfect like the same with Christmas like mm. these these big days that we put a lot of emphasis on it has to be the perfect day has to be the perfect Valentine's Day um, and actually I think that for me what I Valentine's Day reminds me about people doing people loving each other and doing nice things and I think the, what it does for me is it makes me more conscious of the things around me that people do for me that show that they love me so not just on Valentine's Day but it just kind of makes me aware of that Okay. What, about, what about you, Sophia? What does it mean for you? Well, Valentine's Day isn't particularly my cup of tea. It just kind of seems like a way of saying... I think shops try and sell it as using money to show someone that you love them. Yeah. And really, I think you should act loving every day. You shouldn't need one day a year oh. to show that. Do you like the American idea where they would buy Valentine's for everyone, all of their friends and their family and your parents and your siblings and... You get cards, Valentine cards. But that's just even more money. Mm. It's it's very commercialised, isn't it? This, yeah. This thing, over thing, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I quite like Valentine's Day because it is this opportunity. I think I think relationships can be difficult, and I do think it's something to celebrate when you've been in a relationship to make a point to actually spend some time together. Probably the 15th is better time to do it, though, because you get all the half-price everything. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what... See, and look, from the going off oil. to get a table, like, in a restaurant. Yeah. But I do think it's really important to make an effort to, like, genuinely have different points throughout the year where you make an effort to... Yeah. Show people you care. But also, I think, you know, it's my birthday. So I've, I've spent my whole life, um, whether in I'm in a relationship dimes. or not, uh, thinking of Valentine's Day for that. And I think there is something important that it shouldn't just be about whether you're in a relationship or not. Because you can feel really rubbish if you're surrounded yeah. by all these people, particularly me trying to go out to have a meal out for my birthday if I'm surrounded by all these hundreds of couples. couples. Yeah, <laughs> and definitely. I think it shouldn't just be a day for couples that we should reclaim it to some extent. Okay. Actually feel the love yeah, and, and think about what it can mean for us as uh, people who aren't in relationships. Yeah. 
definitely reclaim it as, as the, a day of love in all its forms, in what all is, its many glorious what forms. What would you say about Valentine's Day? What would I say? Well, I kind of a little bit agree with Sophia in that if you were just doing Valentine's Day because it's a ritual of doing mm. Valentine's Day, the essence of it is gone. Yeah. You know, like you need to reconsider what you're doing. If you're just doing it because someone in Tesco says you should buy a rose today, you know, you you kind of haven't got the idea of it. So that's my kind of thought. Well, I think, but... you know, the original St. Valentine was um, a martyr. He sacrificed his life to help others and to help couples to, to marry who weren't able to get married in the particular regime they were living in. And I think there has to be something, love has to be something that isn't just about fluffy bunnies and chocolates and flowers. Because that's Easter. <laughs> well, you know, bunnies, everything's about bunnies for me. And like, but there has to be something about um, like love that commits to things, like and um, people who. And I think celebrating people's sacrifices in love. One yeah. of my one of my friends, um, his wife has uh, got a terrible disease, and he spends a lot of his time caring for her. And I want to celebrate that sort of love. That is that's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you can take your celebrities and their sort of gorgeous faces and things like that but that is the sort of love that that i think means a huge amount yeah so so maybe maybe that should be the valentine's message then of instead of going out and buying all these things and spending all this money is actually going out of your way to do something for someone else's benefit the last thing i would add is i think one of the things i really like about valentine's day is it encourages people to be vulnerable Mm. it takes quite it's a bit of a risk i remember getting a valentine's card from this girl that i quite liked when i was in primary school and I remember, and we were in different classes, oh. so she had to take a risk and come into our classroom before school and put my Valentine's card in my tray. That is a risk. She had to be quite vulnerable to Did, did the risk pay off? I'm, I'm not going to tell you the answer to that, James. I'm going to leave Ooh. you in mystery. Um, but it was a vulnerable thing to do. Yeah, so I definitely. think putting yourself out there. You know, if you want to take a risk and you want to, uh, say, send an a anonymous Valentine or even an anonymous one, a one where you tell people your name... Uh, out to someone we could you can email in to christian it gets better at gmail.com and we will tweet out your valentine yes. message to someone who you've always wanted to show them that you care um then send it in t- and we will do we'll it in the next few days we'll be like the rush hour crush thing from, from the metro you know yeah. where people message in their loves and if you think someone might have a crush on you who you think uh, might be from the same gender or they might be LGBT, do check our Twitter feed in the next few <laughs> yes, days. follow us. Who knows who might be trying to say something to you. Yeah. Okay, so um, move, moving on then. So we know what Valentine's Day is to us. Uh, we want to know what's the worst Valentine's Day or date romance-related thing that has ever befallen you. Because we're making ourselves feel like better for not having uh, Valentine's tonight. And actually, so you want to debunk the myth that Valentine's are always wonderful. So yeah. what is the worst thing that's happened to you? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Go on, Rich. Um, my worst date was somebody I'd met on a dating website that I'd agreed to meet in London. And it was one of those dates where the minute they came through the door into the bar, I knew that I hadn't <laughs> just wasn't really that attracted to them. And the pictures that they put up on this dating website were completely different to what they actually looked like. I'm coming across sounding quite superficial here, but <laughs> they also had exactly the same voice and mannerisms as one of my best friend's parents. Oh, okay. So it was, it was the association. That, so that was just all yeah, a bit yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. So we had a drink, and then there was that really awkward, is this a two pints kind of a date, or a one pint kind of a date? And how soon is my train going to come so I can get this completely over with? And it, was it one pint and then you ran? I, I, no, because, as <laughs> as you know, I'm not that assertive. It was a two pint date. It was a two pint then date. Then I went for my train, but yeah. I think two pints, you can give someone a chance to 
warm up to you. Sometimes people do change when you get to know them a bit. The voice becomes less annoying, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> really. <laughs> I think, okay. yeah. Okay. Sophia, you look like a lady who's had dates. <laughs> <laughs> and prunes and other types oh, of dried gosh. foods. <laughs> well, um, me and my ex, um, um, well... Um, we had a bit of a fallout, so so I was like, right, right, I'm I'm gonna take us on a really romantic date. So I went to the shop and, and I bought a favourite bottle of drink. Um, went round um, and we got ready to, to go out for a meal. And then she was like, I don't want to go there. I want to go to Spoons. And I was like, was right, that okay. Our voice? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was part of why it's the worst date. So, so oh, if you're listening and you sound like that. <laughs> Exactly. Keep going. Yeah. Are you going to spoons? Go yeah, go to yeah. So, so, so we got there and I was like, oh, how come you wanted to go to spoons? And she's like, stop the accent. And, and she was like, oh, I thought I'd invite all my friends. And I was like, you've done what? Oh, no. <laughs> and, and she was like, well, well, you said you wanted to get to, 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 know, to know my friends better. And I was like, yeah, yeah, on date night. So then, um, like, all these lads turn up and they're like, hey, alright, mate. Just sat there down in beers talking about chairs. <laughs> And like, talk about chairs. Carry on, carry on. Yeah, my ex was really. So what happened next? Well, then my ex (laughs) decided to drink with them. My ex ended up getting absolutely hammered, and I ended the night just holding my ex's like holding their hair back while they were vomiting profusely. Oh my goodness! Not the sexiest thing ever. Oh, quickly into James, into me. Oh no, because we were just talking. I've never been. On, on a date and the dates I've had in relationships have kind of all been okay so the closest thing I've come to a date how do you, do, how do you start relationships without dating? well so the one relationship I've had came off the back of being in a show together and over the course of rehearsing for a show you get to know to each other so well we'd kind of done that dating process yeah. um, so the closest thing I've ever come to a date was when I moved to Wokingham and I kind of speed dated various landlords to try and find somewhere to live. And this one particular landlord who on spare room had said that he was 26, he was athletic, he had lots of cars, he looked quite attractive, so I was like, I'm going to have a look at that one. Um, I knock on his door, he opens it, he is 50, wearing a toupee, <gasps> mini shorts, run, and string no, vest. Run. But I go in because I'm desperate because I need somewhere to live. So I look around no. this house and he's like, um, he takes me around all the different rooms, he shows me my room and then he goes... This cupboard is not for you to use. This is where I keep my things. So he just comes in and uses in your stuff. Room. Yeah, That's and then awful. he took me down to have an interview to see whether he wanted me to live there. And he sat me at the other side of this desk, shone a light into my no. face, and was like, "Do you clean up after yourselves? I like my boys clean." Oh, and awful. then asked me all these oh. questions like, "What type of fish do you cook?" And all kind oh, of gosh. things like that to see whether I wanted to live there. So that's so the closest. You said no. So I said no. I, I let him down gently. I really? kind of went, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I found someone else." I would, I would run. You would run. That's awful. I would be like, "I'm really sorry. I'm gonna go. Bye." Oh. Well, if you're interested in living with that man, no, um, we can we can put you in touch with him. But yes, yeah, so that's the closest I've ever come to a really awkward one-on-one situation really that felt kind of had romantic undertones. My, like, my total opposite of that was with, um, in university, first year of university, York University, and um, there was this lovely guy who was in the same college with, and we got on really well as friends, and we were, like, hanging out loads, and uh, we were walking back from CU with all the other people in our college, and uh, we, we would, like, hang out and start walking slightly behind the others, and then slightly further behind, just chatting, and, like, and then... 
he was like, uh, do you fancy having, like, uh, do you fancy chatting a bit more? And so we went and sat, and York University, if you don't know, has got this massive lake that goes right throughout it. And so, and the college we were in had, had this sort of jetty that went out into the middle of the lake. And it had this beautiful little, little boathouse. Romantic. Bit, and it's swans on the lake. Oh, and, stop and it's, it. there were like beautiful stars in the sky. Oh. And it was a bit cold, so he took off his coat and put his coat oh. around me. And it was like so lovely. And I looked him into his eyes and thought, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I felt so bad it wasn't going to go anywhere at all. And like, it, oh. it was so, it was like the most romantic moment of my life to date. And nothing was ever going to happen. And now he's happily married to someone oh, else. I was going to say, is he? In no, he he found someone wonderful. Not long after that, also actually, he wasn't. And Jesse's and I wasn't Tom. gay. <laughs> <laughs> Importantly, and important fact in choosing. I know, but it was such a romantic moment. He's such a nice bloke that I hope I'm sure his his wife has had some much more romantic moments um, there. So yes. Oh fab. Okay. Best thing that never happened. Best thing that never happened. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Um, so, so things in the past and the the relationships and the bad dates we've all had. If you could write a Valentine's Day card to you years ago, yeah, like the point where you needed a Valentine's Day most from someone. Yeah, should we each take okay. different different scenarios? Okay, so if I could do my one immediately after. I'd realised that this lovely bloke wasn't going to be for me, and I was thinking, will I ever find anyone who will be right for me? So I could write okay. one to me then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to write someone to write someone else they've just had a breakup? I would write one to my fifteen-year-old self. Okay. What would what sort of scenario? Uh, a fifteen-year-old teenager who isn't really sure who they fancy. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll take the breakup. Okay. So post breakup. Uh, and and should I do about the time I came out? Well, just before I came out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. That sounds good. So. Okay. Um, my romantics, uh, my my Valentine that I'd write to myself, um, and at that point I had no concept that being gay was okay. Like I didn't even really understand myself in that setting, um, and I was thinking I'd probably spend the rest of my life single. And I guess what I'd probably write to myself is that God is with me, and that yeah, God is with you. And actually, there's so much life um, to be found in so many different relationships and friendships, and to throw yourself into engaging with people, friends and finding God and um, trusting that, that God knows you better than you know yourself and that um, that there, God has a good plan there. Um, but also I think to understand that you're okay, that it, just because one thing hasn't worked out and you don't feel like you fit in that scenario doesn't mean that, that you're an innately bad person or that, that there isn't another situation where you will fit. Mm. So lots of love. <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss. I would write mine to my 15-year-old self, I think. I was, I was quite uncertain about relationships when I was 15. I think I was also quite alone as well when I was 15 for lots of reasons. Um, and so I think in my Valentine's card to myself, I would, I would tell myself to, to, to be vulnerable and be around people. Um, I think I would tell myself to be less afraid to tell people how I felt about them. Um, but I think I'd also tell myself to be more aware of the love around me. I read a really interesting book, The Velvet Rage, um, which is actually written to, to kind of gay men, I think. Um, but in this book, the guy talks about how... Our, something to do with the way our brains don't remember joy and don't remember happiness or something. We don't remember those feelings. And he said something about we need to train ourselves to be more aware of noticing those moments when we feel loved and when we feel joyful. Mm. I think that's a really good practice to get into, and I would tell my 15-year-old self to do it rather than my 
28 year old self. Okay, yeah. Um, so I, I'd write my card back to... I can just remember... I can I can visualise the exact moment I'd send it to. Um, so I was, I was post-breakup. I was in a really rough point, And I had to go had to go back to university to revise for all my exams. And it was over the Christmas period, so I spent the last half of my Christmas holidays away from everybody. No one else had come back to my house yet. It was the year that um, Aberystwyth, where I studied, had really bad storms, so the whole town was evacuated, and I was just in this house for weeks on end, revising and looking at Facebook and seeing all these happy, smiley faces. And that was one of the lowest points. But I think I would write that this underlying message that everything's going to be okay... And that at this point in my life, it seems so dark, and it seems like I'll never come out of it. But actually, in the darkness, that's where Jesus shines most. And to use this time to to plug in to, and tune in to God's voice and God's calling and root myself firmly so that when the sun comes up again, um, I can grow more would be... It's very poetic. Oh, thanks. I think there's something, particularly yeah. the first major breakup you ever have, you oh, can't definitely. imagine life will continue. And no. I, I, you know, our first major breakup I ever had was, I, I was heartbroken for months afterwards. You know, I barely slept or ate and it was absolutely, I couldn't imagine that anything good would come from that. And then you realise gradually that it, you do yeah. feel, begin to see your life beyond yeah. that. And it's, a, and it's a slow process. I mean, this was years ago and I still haven't since been in a relationship I've had times where it's come close but over these few years that sense of getting comfortable in myself and comfortable in who I am has, has really grown and yeah yeah and to find hope in the middle so, yeah. of that moment is important so if you're in that moment right. listen to hope. James's words of hope and, exactly. and then finally Sophia so before I came out when I was deciding whether or not I should I think I'd write to myself that the coming out is not some big scary monster that's going to dominate the whole rest of your life it is part of your journey, and you won't be on your way, and you won't be on your own through it, because you'll have God there for you, and eventually there'll be a light at the end of the tunnel, even though if there's a few glitches along the way, and you will meet amazing people that are going to love you for who you are, and you will have your faith, and just like imagine like a little army of angels, just like next to you through it all. We're on the poetry today. Can I just? Oh, we just. Yeah, we're on point. Great. We've got poetry realness. Um, Oh, okay. So as whilst we go and send those cards to ourselves, uh, why don't you go and grab yourself a drink and maybe help yourself to some food, and we shall be back in a moment. Especially if you have chocolate. You must have chocolate now. Yes. See you later. Hello, hello, welcome back. Hello, James hello. has cracked open the orange juices. I have, and I've had a Belgian chocolate eclair, wow. and I'm good to go, I'm having a good night. I'm all, all eclaired up as well. I've yeah, got a lemon sip on the go, which is a great oh, start to the nice. day. And what are you downing, Sophia? I've got my popcorn. Of course you have, you don't <laughs> hey. need no liquid, you've got popcorn. We'll be munching on blueberries as well. Anyway, it's lovely to see you back, hope you've got your cup of tea or whatever you've got, or your glass of whatever. And, yeah, glass and, of cherry aid. And, and your bar of chocolate. Um, and we're going to continue our discussions about Valentine's. Uh, we're going to take it down down a notch. And do we need to do we need to get our, our voices kind of? Oh, hey. <coughs> do we need to go kind of? <coughs> and we're going to. Oh, it's a very sexy. <laughs> 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 um, tonight we're going to be talking about God <laughs> and and uh, and singleness. Oh, except I don't like that idea of singleness because it it sounds quite solitary it sounds quite like an absence of something whereas actually i think there's something about 
it can be a very constructive, very positive space to be, and that's different. Um, so the idea of maybe celibacy or, or uh, I don't know how we describe it. Reg, what are your thoughts? Uh, so I find the word celibacy, um, I, I dislike it, um, because I think it, for me, it paints pictures of being less alive. And I mm. think, yeah. um, uh, certainly at this point in my life, when I'm not in a relationship, I, I kind of seek to be more alive, really. Um, I think that, I've been reading a really interesting book recently by Wes Hill, called Washed and Waiting. Mm, good book. And he's a professor of theology, but uh, he, he t- was in Durham for a while in, in the UK, but he's now back in America. And one of the points that he makes in his book is a lot about how the way for celibate gay people to, to live really healthy uh, lives is to be really connected to community. And I think when I first read the book, I thought, oh, do you know, that's very nice for you to say that and whatever, and it's all, it's, it all seems very poetic and romantic. Um, but actually, I think in the times in the last year or so when I've reached out to try and really connect to my community and to be part of it, um, I have been really overwhelmed, actually, by how life-giving that has been. Um, outside of being in a relationship, being being part of community and being aware of the love that other people have for me has been has been really life giving. Yeah, I think there's something about um, relationships where you know in the first Harry Potter film where they've got the mirror of Ezred. Mm. Ezred, which design, is design backwards so we look in the mirror. Yeah, look at you two. The geeks in the corner. <laughs> we love we love a bit of geeking. And um, and anyway, so this mirror is the premise behind it is that when you look into it, you will see whatever your heart's desire is. And um, there's a scene where um, Harry uh, just spends his whole life looking into this mirror, looking at his parents and looking at the the thing that he wished he had most. Um, and Dumbledore comes along and finds him and says people have wasted their whole lives looking at this thing that they don't have um, and to don't forget to live basically um, and so he takes away this mirror and I think we can do that with relationships sometimes I think we forget that some of the loneliest places can be when you're actually in a relationship that loneliness isn't confined to people who are single um, and actually that community isn't confined to those who are in relationships as well that you know as Reg was just saying that that, um, and this brilliant bit by Wes Hill about how we all need a stronger sense of community and that's part of what we're trying to do with Diverse Church is, is make it so that whether we're in relationships or whether we're single and celibate um, that actually we are all called to be in a very meaningful community mm. and we, I don't think we're very good at that generally in the UK I think in the West generally I think we, we have very superficial understandings of what community, even Christian community should be and I yeah. think we should be giving more of ourselves and having a stronger commitment to each other than most churches have. I th- yeah, I mean, I th- there's a passage in the Bible where it says it's not good for man to be alone, isn't it? And I think regardless of your... I mean, as part of a diverse church, there will be a whole range of different attitudes and, and, and aspirations in terms of relationships, I should think, in the listeners that are represented here. But I think um, the one, one thing that is common in what we see in the life of Jesus is how connected he was. Yes, there were times when he, he withdrew and was um, and, and sought solitude, but he was massively, you know, he drew 12 people around him, um, he was at people's funerals, people's weddings, you know, the, the death of people, you know, yeah. people's, people's sickness. He was massively connected to other people. And we, even within those 12, he had a smaller group of his close friends. And I think sometimes when we're not in a relationship or we've just got out of a relationship or we're thinking we'll never have a relationship, we can forget that we need to make an effort to go and join yeah, a yeah. sports club, go and join an art group, go and join something that will mean you're and put in the effort to make friends. Yeah. And even, I think, one of the best things that we don't do enough of at the moment is 
uh, prayer triplets and prayer prayer groups of yeah. getting together with two or three other people and m committing to pray with each other regularly. Um, and that can be a real place where you get that level of community. Yeah, I, th I think it's just a, ge a general fear of kind of showing weakness. On the whole, people are really scared to put forward things because yeah. it shows a weaker side to them. And actually getting past that and knowing that in a, in a group of people who are trusted and are friends and all, you know, a big community like DC is that actually you yeah. can share things. You can live very a very healthy, happy life yeah. without sex, but you can't live a healthy, happy life without intimacy and without mm. that sense of someone knowing you and yeah, knowing, yeah. you knowing someone better than most people do. I think if you took Mother Teresa or something at the end of her life, her biggest regret wouldn't be that she'd not had a relationship. Um, I don't know what her biggest regret might be, but... but Sometimes we idolise relationships and we, we make it the focus of our desire. Yeah. Um, and actually what we need most is close relationships. And, and if you do want a relationship at, at some point, I think being single is, is, is a really good opportunity for you to like just sit down, get to know yourself, get to know God, just own your relationship with God. I, I think you need to do any of that before you can have a meaningful relationship. Mm. I think hopping just from straight into relationships and stuff like that can be dangerous. And I think... I think the opportunities when I've been single in between relationships have just made my relationship stronger. I can just like sit with God, like have make sure my relationship with God is meaningful before mm. looking for anything Definitely. else. Yeah. And as you're talking to Sophia, I'm thinking a lot about how, as teenagers, teenagers are often really exploring their identity of who am I, and often exploring well, what do I, who am I attracted to, like what relationships should I be in? But also part of becoming an adult is about learning to look after yourself a bit. And not necessarily waiting for someone else to come and meet your needs all the time. You know, if, if you're a single person and you're not in a relationship, rather than pining after this person who's going to come and meet your needs, what about just articulating them to the people around you and letting, you know, and, and meeting your, your needs? But also learning to love yourself too. And it, that will sound like a cliche, but I think um, it says in the Bible, doesn't it, love your neighbour as you love yourself. Yeah, and I, I remember reading it like that and thinking, "Wow, that's actually quite surprising." Because I feel like sometimes I'm I'm encouraged not to love myself and not to take care of myself. Um, and we were chatting earlier, weren't we, about a friend of mine who talks about taking themselves out for coffee, or I took myself out for lunch. The idea is it's actually okay to do, to do nice things for yourself, to to yeah. love yourself, um, and in that place, then perhaps you're then equipped to then have a relationship and love other other people around you too. Yeah, definitely. It's all about how you where you find your identity. In when, when you're trying to come to terms with who you are and, and what your place in the world is, it's very easy to think, I will be complete when I have this, or I'll be complete when I'm with this person. But actually, what you do then in your mind is you're only creating part of yourself. And then when, when the person who you may eventually meet maybe disappears or goes away or moves out of your life, or you never actually meet that person, you're, you're left with a shell of who you are. I think as well, there's times where you you don't have what you want, whether it's through just been through a breakup or you're feeling desperate pain about not being in a relationship or not. It, it's that that I think God can turn up most powerfully in. You know, C.S. Lewis says that God whispers in our pleasures but shouts in our pain. And I think there can be those times where, particularly if you just throw yourself on the mercy of God and say, tell God how you're feeling, get angry, tell tell God the what you want and and how... Your feeling about life, and then and actually f see what God does, because mm. I think God doesn't ever respond in the same way to every person, but I know that God responds in the most appropriate way for every person, and that God doesn't leave us without engaging, without yeah. 
willing to put his arms around us and make and tell us that he cares. And I think that is really important for people who are feeling quite angst on Valentine's night. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really nice point of that God knows exactly how we work and then he engineers these chance meetings of people who are just the perfect match in mm. in friendship terms, in romantic terms, in whatever whatever they are. He brings people together. My friend always says, what's the quickest way to make God laugh? <laughs> Telling you plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, our plans I, are not I, I think the best way. Definitely. I mean, um, I heard a glimpse of my story earlier with writing the Valentine's Day card, and part of that journey that I went on over those few weeks and in the, in the following months and the following years has been to stop trying to control everything yeah. and just leave everything to him and to stop kind of going after this one individual person or anything like that. And I've got this little saying that I say to myself whenever I'm feeling the pangs of loneliness or stress, I just whisper to myself, it's going to be okay. And whenever I feel low or whenever I feel like my life could improve I always whisper it's going to be okay because I can't possibly foresee what's going to happen a year ago I didn't think I'd be living by Reading uh, but God put plans in motion and moved me there and I don't know what he's going to do with the people I'm who I love I don't know what he's going to do with my friendship circles but it's going to be okay yeah and I know it's going to be okay because he loves and I think trusting that God does care about us and that it will be okay so it's something that's said a hundred times in the psalms when mm-hmm. you know they didn't even have the concept of christ let alone how much god could make the world okay and and i think that is so important to us whatever we see about our future um to keep saying that and to know yeah. that god is there with us yeah no matter where you are at this point in time whether you're sat in the car listening to us whether you're at home with your chocolate bar and your cup of tea where, no matter where you are it's going to be okay I think to find joy where you are, find a sense of God where you are, even if it's not overt joy, Um, and to read the passages in the Bible that most link into where you're feeling, whether it's in the Psalms or even in the Gospels, and even the sense of Christ on the cross and the aloneness of that and the sense of being forsaken there. Finding God there means that you're carried with that through to the resurrection, that that often miraculously God brings resurrection. And I think it's when we bind ourselves and when we allow Christ to find himself to us in sorrow that we get carried through to resurrection and joy and i'd like to open up a bit what you were saying there james about it's all going to be okay i think there is there's if i'm being cynical on one hand that can sometimes sound like a platitude yeah. because in some people's lives on earth it's yeah. not all okay. going to be okay yeah. Yeah. but i think if you so i was i was preaching at church the other day and i, I was putting in something about revelation and it talks in revelation about um how how in the end Christ will wipe away every tear from our eyes, so it might not all be okay yeah. immediately, no. but eternally, you know, if we if and it's it's quite an intimate thing. I mean, how many people would you let wipe a tear away from your eyes? Once you're over the age of about six, it doesn't happen for many people. It's, it would only be people who are really close to you, and that level of God promising to have that closeness, yeah. and that you will have that intimacy, and it, it and that sense of eternity that 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 you said that. Even if life isn't fair now, that that you will know God's goodness in eternity. And um, and when it is bad, at, at least you're not on your own for it. Like um, the footprints in the sand poem, which I absolutely love, and how that's talking about that. E- even at even at our worst, and even when things are really really bad, at least we've got God, and we're not. 
Sorry, Jason, I'm giggling. If you've heard the, um, the, the, the other version of the butt prints. Oh, there's, there's so <laughs> many versions. And there's the, the space hopper, and there's the hopping, and there's the flip-flop. But it was a good point. Sorry, we're not like laughing at your point. So there we go. We're, we're drawing to the end of our time together. Reg has finished his blue breeze. Absolutely. Um, and it's been, obviously, it's quite a personal evening, Valentine's Day. And we've talked about some quite personal things with singleness and loneliness. So I think we're going to break with tradition and pray to close. Bit Christian, yeah, a bit too Christian. It's all right, that. we're all right. With it's fine, we haven't had a bourbon cream, and that, that's the next level of Christianity. Or a quiche, no, or a quiche. quiche. no one brought quiche to the bring and share, guys. You let us down. <laughs> okay, so Sophia, would you like to start us in prayer? And then yes, we should go around. God, on this day where we might feel slightly more lonely, some of us, thank you for your unconditional love for everything and loving us no matter what, and for always being there with us and help us remember that. Remember that you, that you are always next to us in everything we do and in every scary situation. Right. Dear Lord, thank you that you have a plan for us. Thank you that you know each of us so well and that you know where you're going to lead us and where you're going to take us. I pray, Lord, that you'll keep our ears open to your voice and that we'll be guided by you and know your love today, tomorrow and forever. Amen. And this uh, prayer from the prayer book for today. Before the ending of the day, creator of the world, we pray that you with steadfast love would keep your watch around us while we sleep. From evil dreams, defend our sight. From fears and terrors of the night, tread underfoot our daily foe that we may sim- no sinful thought may know. O Father, that we ask be done through Jesus Christ, your only Son, and Holy Spirit, by whose breath our souls are raised from life to death. Amen. And as you go out from here, may we know... Uh, God's love in our hearts may we hear God's voice in our ears may we see others as God sees them and may we speak words of kindness and love and hope to all we meet and the blessing of God Almighty the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us and all those we love today and always Amen Amen There we go So thank you Sally for having us Pleasure Thank you for joining us again on this Valentine's evening with a wonderful fire. We didn't get to do rolling in front of it, but never mind. Maybe later. <laughs> Maybe later. Thank you, Sophia and Reg. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for yes. all you brought. And thank you, listeners. It's just brilliant to be part of this, and we're so excited to be building this virtual community. Do tweet us with any thoughts or questions you want us to cover Indeed. in our future podcasts. We're going to be uh, recording our next one from up north. From up north. And when we have our Diverse Church meetup in a few weeks' time, so do tune in at the beginning of March for that. Excellent. So, stay diverse. Stay diverse.